everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Real Extra Real Cover B. Extra. Talking about the greatest superhero film of all time. He's lying <laughs> through his freaking teeth. Yeah, actually, we're talking about X-Men Dark Phoenix. Which was a movie. The final X-Men in the Fox X-Men saga. Well, I guess they got... They have like new mutants coming up still is that even going to be released in theaters supposedly i don't know i think it's going straight to Redbox. oh so as always we'll do like a brief here's our general ideas kind of thing and then we will dive into the more spoilery stuff so um for me personally it's probably missable it had um some really cool like superhero bits like the actual like superheroes like the the mutants using their powers parts were really cool there's some pretty cool choreographed fights um otherwise it was an incredibly boring movie and i feel like there was like two minutes of actual movie (laughs) in this movie like we got to essentially like the final conflict and i was like man i remember seeing this in the theater or in the trailers like this is only halfway through the movie that's crazy and then the movie ended and i was like what (laughs) i feel like we've only been in this movie for like 30 minutes um so yeah it was it was it was slow it was a slow movie yeah so my opinion is that this isn't the worst movie ever. I have seen much worse movies. Um, from a non-comic viewer perspective, I think it had some really fun bits. I think, you know, the acting was okay, but I agree with Chris that there wasn't really a whole lot happening for people to act to. Mm. Like, I don't know. It was... There really wasn't a whole lot of plot going on, Um, but the action sequences were so good that I think that that, like, it, it, you know, I've watched really crappy action movies from, like, the early knots that were probably comparable to this film. Mm -hmm. However, from a comic book reader perspective, this movie was hot garbage. Like, yeah, fair. There were yeah. so many issues I had with the depiction of stuff and with the like representation of characters that I just sat there like there were moments during the movie when I just looked at Chris and I was like, did they just do that? Yep. Was that a thing that just happened? And then I get yelled at because Chris is like, shh, there's other people in the theater. <laughs> we're not alone. And we're I'm basically like, alone, but we're not alone. It was, it it was, was like a pretty people. empty theater. Yeah. Friday Friday night showing. At 7.15. Yeah. That is like the prime showing. And it like was like crickets. Five people were in the theater. Yeah, it was bad. Um, so overall, you know, it had its entertaining moments. I don't think it really did much in terms of like developing characters or developing stories it kind of definitely had this feel that it was you know a dying franchise like it was you know it it felt like exactly what it is it felt like a movie that was established to be like the next step in a franchise and then that franchise got canceled essentially and so they were trying to do some sort of amalgamation of like not completely redoing everything they set forward 
but not really leaving the audience with like a lot to want going forward yeah um yeah you know this this series the new x-men stuff has always suffered from like a lot of production things like a lot of production decisions and aesthetic decisions and casting decisions that weren't always great um and this was just kind of the you know the overall culmination of that so well and this movie itself had apparently up until literally the last like they had extended filming a lot like and did reshoots a lot yep. and apparently the script changed during every session of filming <laughs> Jeez. like they changed the script every time they yeah. did something yeah and it definitely showed you know like you could tell that the actors were you know, having to deal with probably a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. They just seem generally bored a lot of the time and whatnot. But um, anyway, so we'll dive into a little bit more detail on certain things starting now. So spoiler warning is in effect whoop, whoop. Um, from this point forward. So spoilers, beware. Um, I guess the first spoilery thing that I want to talk about is I do not understand the use of the Dabari. That was so weird. I don't know why. So I went into this. It was Dark Phoenix. Right. You know, and I'd seen Jessica Chastain's character in the trailers, which first of all, Jessica Chastain is gorgeous and they made her look like steaming dung in this movie. She looked hideous. It was bad. I don't like judging people on their like appearance. You know, everyone's beautiful in their own way. But I feel like whatever like makeup and costuming decisions she just looked kind of goofy and odd like they were going very albino and it's not to say that albinos look funny but like it just didn't work like i don't know i can't pinpoint specifically like what her like what about her appearance was really bothering me but like it was just it was weird it It was very strange she looked like a walking animatronic like she looked like she was like real person uncanny valley and it was weird. No, and I, I actually don't know get what that. it was that was actually like triggering me, but it it was very uncomfortable. I think it was a combination of the like excessive on makeup look. So like they tried to make her look more and more like she was wearing no makeup, but at some point there's like a weird line where like trying to look like no makeup makes you look like you're wearing more makeup. And mix that with the fact that she had like no emotion during this movie Mm -hmm. which i get is because like i'm an alien i don't have emotion but like even aliens have emotion so like they must have looked at her from a directorial standpoint and been like don't move your face pretend you just got botox and so between her face not moving and the makeup being super weird Mm -hmm. it just made her look strange and i was super like disappointed well let me rephrase that Initially, when I saw, oh, they're going to make Jessica Chastain blonde, I was like, oh, snap, they might be retconning Emma Frost. This might be awesome. And every time they showed her in the trailer, she was wearing white. And I was like, oh, snap, this might actually be Emma Frost. I am so glad that this character didn't turn out to be Emma Frost, because if that's what they tried to make Emma Frost look like, I would have been pissed. Anyway, (laughs) as you know, know, if you've seen the movie um, or if you don't know, if you're listening to spoilers because you don't want to have to pay money for this movie. We don't blame you. Um, yeah, not at all. Uh, she is not Emma Frost. She nope. is the leader of a group of aliens known as the Dabari. Now, the Dabari are like ancient Marvel history aliens. They, I think, appeared in like the 60s where one of them named Vuk, which that's fun to say. 
um, <laughs> posed as like a film producer or some like celebrity or something somebody who dressed fancy that's i only know that because of pictures i did very minimal research to understand who the Dabari are. They call them asparagus people because they're literally a race of aliens that look like asparagus. <laughs> um, and this Vuk guy was masquerading as a human, but in like an actual like rubber mask masquerading, not like I'm a shapeshifter, like literally like dressed up in like a human costume. Um, in this, they made him essentially like some sort of weird like half Groot, half scroll. <laughs> you yeah, know? it was so they weird. All, they all looked like, in their alien form, they looked like Groot. And then they, or maybe the, kind of the aliens from Signs, too. Oh, kinda. yeah. Kind of like a breed um, between yeah, the two. And they were shapeshifters, like full-on shapeshifters that also had, like, psychic powers, like telekinetic powers. And super strength. Yeah, and super healing and stuff. So they were, like insanely powerful and but really ultimately they were just there to give the x-men's powers more screen time i don't know maybe so i went into this and i expected jessica chastain my theory was that she was going to be the phoenix force you didn't see any in the trailer any like examples of characters interacting with her right now what it turns out is that's just an overarching like symptom of this movie and i'll get into that later but um so i was thinking it was going to be the physical embodiment of the phoenix force which in the comics is a sentient being not just like a random collection of like powers or something and they kind of i mean in this movie they kind of make it sentient but they don't really give it like a voice or anything like that they just you know reference how it like sought her out and stuff it chose you um but I, I, I am not a fan of the choice to include just, like, a random alien race. It you was know super I mean? weird. It could have easily, if they had made the movie just Dark Phoenix, just the X-Men versus Dark Phoenix, they could have thrown in, if they needed more, like, fight sequences, they could have thrown in, like, some, like, low-level bad guy mutants that, you know, experience the Dark Phoenix and are like, yes, my lord, you know what I mean? Or like, right. I serve you, Dark Phoenix. A la X3? Yeah. When they all went to follow Magneto? Yeah, here's the thing. Like, if you had made it a movie where it was just Jean Grey versus her former teammates and trying to, like, get a handle on this power and trying to figure out what's going on, you could have made it a much more character-driven movie. That's very true. Than what we got. Because you wouldn't be spending all this time on, like action driven spectacle you'd be spending it on building up the drama between the x-men and professor xavier or the x-men and gene right or the division of the x-men where some of them believe you know and that's where you get your fights you schism the x-men you make some of them believe that she can be redeemed some of them believe that she cannot and now they're fighting but also fighting gene you know? and, it, and that could have been super held into since they introduced Genosha. Yeah. Like, you yeah. already have the schism there. You just fully yeah. develop it. Yeah. So you, you know, and they had that. They had, you know, Beast and Magneto and Snake Tattoo and Willow Smith fighting, <laughs> fighting Storm and 
Cyclops and Professor Xavier and Nightcrawler. So, like, they had that already. And they could have just expounded upon that. They it was could just, have like, a weird in, part of the movie. Thrown in, like, a few other, like, B-level <clears throat> mutants that are, like, like, some that are new to the X team, some that are new to Magneto's team, and, like, fill out the ranks a little bit. And then just have that be the central conflict. Yeah. But, um, you know, what we got instead was generic aliens. and That were suspiciously too much like the Skrull who, had liv- who have literally just been introduced to the Marvel Universe. Yeah, true. That was a horrible um, timing. So you have, like, generic background aliens. And... You have, like, a bunch of emotional shifts that literally just happen to happen. You know, people go from being, like, unendingly mad at some people to being, like, perfectly okay with those people, you know? And there was a lot of, like, this... There was a lot of things that I think this movie wanted to do, and this is probably what you were talking about with, like, the script rewrites, that I feel like they did a little bit of, and never fully, like, dove into. Right. And that pertains to, like, a lot of the characters. But mainly it pertains to the whole, like, moral ambiguity of Charles Xavier. You know what I mean? Yeah. They started to touch on it. And that's a huge thing in the comics. It comes up all the time. Where he's, like, not always that great. You know what I mean? Like, he's a little suspect. Because he's, yeah. like, throwing, like, hey, that dude can literally manipulate one of the fundamental forces of planet Earth. Here, 18-year-old with beam eyes, take him down. You know what I mean? It's like... He makes poor life choices. Yeah. Absolutely. At any point in time, if Eric was less of a noble dude, he could have just been like, hey, you're dead now. (laughs) Bye-bye, psych. I mean, and doesn't... I mean, technically, don't they have, like, metal bits in his, like, eyeball band? I mean, they'll probably just be like, it's made of a non-magnetic alloy or something. You know what I mean? Bullshit. Fudge science. But, so, you know... In addition to having, like, rando background aliens, we had a lot of, like, character-driven stuff that wasn't really developed. And I just feel Mm -hmm. like if we didn't have to give all this time to random background aliens Mm -hmm. and the conflicts the X-Men have with random background aliens, Mm -hmm. there would have been so much more time to develop that stuff and get a good character-driven movie. Which would then have a plot. Yeah. (laughs) So. No, I agree. Um... I'm going to go ahead and start bitching about my least favorite part of the movie, which is that Jessica Lawrence. Jennifer. Jennifer. Heh, that's even better. Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence, look, I, I appreciate you as a person. I think I would really enjoy hanging out with you. Mm-hmm. But I think you tanked this movie. <laughs> and I'll explain why. It is well known that she hated the amount of time she had to spend in the makeup chair to do Mystique. Mm -hmm. She hated it. So in this movie, Mystique's makeup was terrible. It was it compared to what it had been in previous like previous movies. Her makeup was awful. It didn't make any sense. And despite the fact that like a huge plot point from the entire first class movie was. I'm a mutant, I'm proud of being a mutant, I'm going to be blue because I can be blue. She spent almost this entire movie not blue. And then she dies super duper early in kind of a bitch-ass way. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is all because Jennifer Lawrence didn't want to be in this freaking movie. 
You can tell. Yeah. You can tell. She didn't put any life into the character. I know you can act. Yeah. I know you can act. I watched yeah. Mother. That movie was terrible, but you acted your ass off. Like, I know you can act. You didn't care at all about this movie. Yeah, you were very, pissed you had to be there. It was very phoned in, and she had a lot of, like, emotional stuff she was hitting on. Like, she was one of the first to really start doubting Charles. Yeah. And she was one of the first to, like, you know, she had that whole moment with Beast where she's like, let's just leave, you know? And that, by all means, should have been, like, hefty emotions. But it kind of just seemed agitated and, like... Blase. Yeah, it kind of seemed like she wanted to leave the X team in the way you would want to leave, like, a retail job that you've been at for a few months. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, you're angry about it, and you have things that you're pissed off at, but, like, you're not really going to, like, break down into sobs over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, I think, you know, she was very phoned in, and that's the persistent problem of this movie is that all the characters were just incredibly two-dimensional yeah you know like they absolutely every character there was not a single ounce of character development in this even with gene gray except maybe nightcrawler except maybe nightcrawler had like one moment which was awesome but even then they never really like hit on like they were obviously setting him up to be like he really doesn't like when people die and like he's very like caring and you know, wants people to live. But, like, they never really hit on that. They never really, like... No, he got, like, a line of, like, please don't die. Yeah, like, that was it. And it was the same thing, like, they... And, you know, again, going back to how it felt like there were things they wanted to do in this that they never really, like, fully committed to. And, again, that might be because of all the script rewrites. They, like, hinted at times about how badass Storm is and how everybody, like, looks up to her and respects her opinions. But they never really, like, went there with it. They, like, hinted at times about, like, you know, Cyclops being, like, uncomfortably loyal to Professor Xavier, like, to the point that he's got blinders on. But they never really went there. Yeah. They hinted about, you know, Xavier being possibly morally ambiguous, but never really went there, they don't, you know? Yeah, they so don't they, nail they, it on the Yeah, head. they just never really, like, fully committed to any of these, like, developmental things. And so it literally, like... With the exception of a few lines, like, you know, the X-Men having more lines than these characters, the X-Men were very much not that much different than, like, the two random mutants that hung out with Magneto. Yeah. You know, they were easily as, you know... Engaging. Expendable. (laughs) Yeah. With the exception that we recognize them from the comics and other movies. You know what I mean? Like, if they... If Storm had gotten grabbed and thrown off the train... It would have been, like, the exact same effect as what happened to the other two. No, that's you know? true. That's absolutely true. So it just, like, it was just, that's what I'm saying. Is like, it, and that's the thing. It's, like, the the action bits were great. Super good. Like, Super the effects good. were great. There was actually, and I, I noticed this early on, like, the cinematography was really good in this movie. There's, I like, agree. one part where they're confronting, they're confronting Jean in the street after she meets her dad right right and charles is trying to talk her down and she's not listening to him and so he like just like scott and like commands scott to go talk down this woman that he's got feelings for you know what i mean which is really like again that kind of plays into the morally ambiguous like 
he's manipulating Scott to try to manipulate Gene. It was a you know? really condescending Scott, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> and so Scott, like, walks up and is like, you'll always come back to me and stuff. And it cuts to kind of, like, a view that, you know, in front of Scott that is, like, Gene's view. And Charles is, like, looming over his shoulder. Yeah. And that's such a cool... Because, you know, Charles is in a chair, so he's lower, but he's, like, looming over Scott's shoulder in the background at a distance. And it was a really cool shot with what... Like, I got what they were trying to, you know, deliver there. Like, what Gene was thinking with that shot. And that's really cool. Like, that's a great character development moment through cinematography. But, like, that was it. Like, the visuals and the action... We're great. The only like unbland part of this movie. There was only (laughs) one part in the whole movie that I felt like I got a visceral reaction to, which I was really impressed with, was when they're in the house and and um Charles pulls in and he's like, Gene, you can be whatever you want to be, and she's like, Good, then walk to me. And he's like, You know I can't. And then she like psychic makes him walk to her and you see like his feet aren't working and he's screaming in pain and like we you watch his feet like going up the stairs they had cool cinematography like going behind his feet as he's climbing and that was like heebie-jeebies like Mm -hmm. that was like it was such a basic psychic move but so like visceral and and uncomfortable and unnerving that I feel like that was one of the like high points in the movie where you're like, Ugh, that's not, that's bad. Why you do that? Don't do that. That's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, I guess like one of my other like actual complaints is that it didn't feel like there was a lot of team time in this movie. Yeah. Like I was looking back on it as we were leaving and I feel like most of the scenes of characters interacting were like one-on-one conversations Right. So there wasn't, like, a lot of bonding and a lot of chemistry happening. No. Because at any given time, it was just, like, two people chilling out. And there were characters that I think if I went back through and tried to, like, make a chart of every time. Like, if I wrote, like, every character's name along the top of a grid, every character's name along the side of a grid, and marked every time a character interacted with another character, there's probably times where one character doesn't interact with another character at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. With the exception of, like, shouting at each other during a battle. But, like, yeah. I don't know if Storm and Beast had a conversation at any point in time. I don't... You know? I don't even know if did. Cyclops and Beast had a conversation at any point in time. You know? I can't remember. And, like, <laughs> I can't remember, and they might have just been, like, throwaway things. Like, I don't know if Quicksilver had a conversation with anybody. Quicksilver was in the movie for, like, ten minutes. Ten minutes. That they, was the stupidest yeah. thing. They made the decision to eliminate Evan Peters from this movie what intentionally. A- like, it was it was an obvious, like, this is where Quicksilver gets removed. That is and just so stupid. I don't know. So, I, um, you know, it, it kind of sucks because, you know, Age of Apocalypse caught a lot of crap. And it was boring in its own way. But I was really excited to see the new... X-Men. X-Men kind of get their yeah. bonding time and find their legs and, like, become Be the next the class. But, again, it just felt like there was so much that was trying to be done without, like, committing to anything in this movie that there wasn't a lot of, like, developed character. I didn't really care about a lot of them. Like, there wasn't a lot of chemistry between the actors, probably because they knew 
it was ending. Maybe there's like weird Brian Singer like hang on depression about being in that movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Speaking of Brian Singer and all of those things, um, I'm going to give my obligatory uh, opinion in that this was a Dark Phoenix movie, a Mm -hmm. Jean Grey movie. Yep. All about men. I already mentioned how I didn't love Jennifer Lawrence's depiction of Mystique, but it didn't help that they wrote Mystique entirely unlike her character in the comics. Like, someone please, please explain to me why Mystique, who is a bad bitch, is now rolling around like a resident assistant trying to babysit teenagers. What is that shit? And again, you know, that's not really, like, exclusive to this movie. But it was so Uh, much worse. But, yeah, her, the brief amount of time that mystique was in this movie essentially showed that there was nothing remaining of the like complex mildly untrustworthy keeps people at an arm's length no rebellion nothing yeah it it almost feels like at some point the decision was made to make mystique the x-men franchise's black widow yeah yeah that's a really good way to put that yeah because she acted and had very similar conversations that black widow has wow she really did thinking about it you're right it was like and you know similar type of actress like similar type of like hairstyle and aesthetic and it's just that's bizarre it 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 felt very very black widow that's bizarre and then moving even through that you know the whole movie's supposed to be about jean gray and coping with the phoenix and dealing with this and the whole freaking movie is about charles's effect on gene nothing that happens to gene has anything to do with gene apparently everything has to do with the morally ambiguous terrible life choices that charles has made in his effort to be the best man he can be and it's the most condescending bullshit i've ever watched okay in the comic no, Jean Grey is chosen by the Phoenix Force. She it has the Phoenix Force. She deals with that shit on her own. People are, you know, have bad involvement with her and things go ugly and, you know, Cyclops suffers and the X-Men suffer. But mm-hmm. it's Jean has to deal with Jean's shit because it's Jean's shit. This mm-hmm. had nothing to do with Jean. This was Jean crying in a corner and everybody giving all the monologues to Charles. And I get it. Mac Attack is an amazing actor, and I appreciate him having screen time, but this should not have been his movie. Well, and, you know, if they wanted to commit to, you know, Charles caused this, it should have at least been, like, more clear as to why. You know, because it was ultimately just like, you told me my dad was dead. And, like, you know... The vision she had clearly depicted, even before Charles was like, yes, I'll take you back with me. Like, it clearly depicted that her dad did not want her. So, okay, yes, Charles lied to you. He's a douchebag. He does that. But at the same time, like, your dad said, I don't want my daughter anymore. And clearly Charles took your ass somewhere else and yeah. raised you. So, like, stop blaming him for what your dad was a douchebag See, about. See, I was, my original theory, and I leaned into T and said this. Which would have um, been way better. Was that the car crash memory? Because at first I was confused because, like, you know, they go into Cerebro, they're in Gene's mind. 
and they see the car crash and mystique's like yo what's that and charles is like what i'm trying to protect her from and but then later on she finds out that her dad's alive because she just like remembers it because of the phoenix and she tells scott and scott's like but he died in the crash so she knew about the crash she just didn't know her dad was alive my thinking was that the crash memory was going to be fake that would have been really cool and like charles implanted that into her head of like her mom dying in a crash because and, she'd actually like killed her mom or yeah something. and what the reality was going to be is that as her powers emerged she killed her mom and not just like put her mom to sleep and then they got into a car accident which is what happened but like somehow like telekinetically like murdered her mother in like a tantrum or something and i was like damn that would be intense because that would be really intense because yeah then it would that be, would be something it would not to only be that you up. literally forced memories into my head and my dad is alive and not dead but i actively killed my i am mom. a cold-blooded murderer you know what i mean like yeah i murdered my mother and that's a little bit more of a shift i still agree that it just should not have been about her getting mad at charles like no i just feel like they didn't have enough time and they didn't focus on it enough in like previous movies and granted it's been forever since i've seen age of apocalypse um but they didn't have enough time or spend enough time on setting up the whole i feel betrayed and let down kind of thing you know she yeah. kept she kept talking about like i'm, I'm an outcast i'm I've been forced out, you know what I mean? Like, but did you, you left, you know, they were all like, hey, come back. And you were like, no. no. So it's not really being an outcast, you know? Yeah. It, and, it's sad that this movie had less character development for Jean Grey than the first movie, like very first yeah. X movie had to develop Rogue. Yeah. And that was a terrible depiction of Rogue. Yeah. And then like, you know, she goes to Eric's place and Eric is like, hey, I'm going to talk to you. Like. I'm going to figure it out. And yeah, he's doing it in his like aggressive way that he's doing it. But then she freaking like tries to kill a bunch of soldiers and he's like, get the hell out of here. And yeah, she's stop. Like, she's like, and runs away. And it just, it felt like such a drastic shift from like, I want to be a hero. I'm going to literally sacrifice myself, which is what this movie opened. And she got her powers sacrificing herself so that her friends could live yep you know what i mean using her powers to prevent the phoenix force from consuming the plane that her friends were on that's how she got that shit but she went from in a two-day stint essentially movie time she went from that to teaming up with some alien chick to like conquer the world and it's like how do you make that jump just on like Charles was mean to me. What a meanie pants. And I think it honestly, like, the movie should have been more about, they either should have set up the whole, like, outcast thing more, and, like, or, like, given her some sort of hindrance on her powers, like, Mm -hmm. made her powers dangerous beforehand, Mm -hmm. and then added the Phoenix Force into the mix, and had it be that whole, like, which I think is what they did in, like, the third movie, where it's, like, she's, like, you've been telling me to like be careful with my powers, but I should be using them like that whole thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I have this power, I should use it and you're afraid of it. Um, 
or it should have just been like she gets this new boon of power and it consumes her like power absolute power consumes absolutely yep so if she literally gets the power to like make world planets and destroy planets then like that power surging through her and at some point she's gonna be like wow look at how easily i can do stuff i'm gonna do stuff the way i want to do it and instead of making it a movie about like her necessarily going rogue and evil and being mad at the x-men make it like her going off trying to like do the x-men quote-unquote vision her way but doing it in a really like disregard for people's safety kind of way and the x-men go to stop her and then she feels like she's been betrayed and pulls the whole like you're just afraid because i have all this power now and they have to like get her down from that yep you know you don't even need freaking aliens you really don't need aliens and it's also more akin to the dark phoenix you know side comment can we please talk about how she can breathe in space before the phoenix force yeah, I just chalked it up to like random. No. There. No. If you are if you are a physicist, don't go see this movie. It's because like insane. literally the opening bits of this movie, Quicksilver duct tapes a space helmet onto Nightcrawler. Yep. And then Nightcrawler, with his duct taped space helmet, is able to float in space for a matter of like seconds. Without experiencing any sort of, like, frigid space frost. Nope, nothing. He goes to get Jean and then just floats there looking at her for, like, easily 10, 15 seconds. It's like Banff already. What are you waiting for? Yeah, and I'm like, dog, you'd be dead. Yeah, that's not how space I'm works. I'm gonna Google. Let's it's see. so... And then, and then another issue with this movie, it's set in 92, okay? There is... No stitch of 1990s anywhere in this movie. The The aesthetic has nothing to do with the 90s. No offense. No offense. But Sansa, your makeup was way too on point. Your eyebrows are 2019, sweetheart. That has nothing to do with the 90s. There wasn't flannel in anywhere in this movie. Like, everybody's just wearing normal clothes mm-hmm. and doing normal stuff. There weren't, like, the, like there long, was nothing. The women in the long-tailed coats was, like, the only thing that felt slightly 90s, in my opinion. Slightly. But. There weren't even, like, the remnants of shoulder pads. Like, yeah. I don't, nobody what the was hell dressed, were they wearing? Nobody was dressed, like, grunge or punky. You know what I mean? Everybody's it was all hair very, was, like, very normal. There A lot was, of the people were still dressed like it was the 70s, to be honest. Or, and, like... I, I don't know. It was just, there was no aesthetic. And I kept getting really mad about it because, like, you know, Jean Grey's makeup looked fantastic. And I was like, that's not 90s. <laughs> you look way too good to be in 92, sweetheart. No way. Your haircut? No. There's t- way too much volume and body in your hair. That would be stick straight. I'm just saying. You'd be greasier than you are right now. It was just wrong. Okay, apparently you wouldn't necessarily die from freezing in space. Okay. But you would get what's called a space hickey. A what? It's caused from the swelling and bursting of the skin's small blood vessels and looks more akin to freeze-drying a wart than a case of frostbite. Well, he would have had that. Yeah. And he didn't. It was, oh, man. There was just... Like I said, 
It's not the worst movie ever. I have seen worse movies. I have interacted with worse movies. There just doesn't seem to have been a whole lot of thought put into this movie, which is bizarre considering how much money was spent on this movie and how freaking long it took to make. Like, I don't understand. Like, if you're going to set a movie in 1992 and you're going to spend hundreds of dollars, like hundreds of millions of dollars on getting the movie established and making it happen, like, put some people in some freaking flannel and play some Nirvana in the background. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And it's so weird to me. I don't know if anybody else finds this weird, but it is incredibly weird to me comparing this movie to Captain Marvel, which was also set in the movies against, like, uh, shape-shifting aliens. Can we talk about the parallels and how that seriously hurt this movie? Mm -hmm. There were so many instances when I'm like, Captain Marvel did it better. (laughs) You know, the science I want to know is how much air would Nightcrawler have had in that helmet? Couldn't have been much. Because, like, so if I remember right, he tapes the helmet on. Yep. And then, like, stands there and talks for a little bit. Yep. And then bamps out to space. Yep. Floats for, like, 10, 15 seconds. And then bamps back. At what point would he even run out of air? Oh, but you're, <laughs> you're misremembering. He is wearing that helmet... When they go to get people the first time. Oh, yeah. When, yeah, when him and Gene and when they go back for the commander. Yes. Yeah, he puts that helmet on. So he's wearing it. Yeah, so he puts the helmet on, stands there and talks for a while, bamps with Gene over to the falling apart shuttle. She holds it together while he bamps back into the airlock, grabs the commander, bamps back gets hit by the phoenix force bamps back into the plane tells them that gene is still out there they watch as gene absorbs the entirety as the shuttle explodes and gene absorbs the entirety of the phoenix force and then he bamps out grab floats grabs gene bamps back and lord knows when they take the like that's a long time (laughs) to have that that was a long time and he yeah. It's one huh. bowl of air. He is sucking in a whole lot of CO2 at yeah. that point. Yeah, huh. That is interesting. No, it's stupid. It's really stupid. There's so many stupid parts of this movie. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of hot people in this movie. That's nice. Yeah. Like, everybody's very attractive. Good on ya. But I don't understand... Why nothing else could hold up in this movie. <laughs> I don't know. It feels to me like it it deserves its place somewhere among like Deep Blue Sea and like Yeah it, and like um, and like the the original movie adaptation of Doom with I the Rock gonna, and yeah. Carl Urban. And it's just one like, of those. Just like those movies, I am going to watch this movie again if it comes up on TV and I just feel like having a chill day. You know what I mean? Like There's nothing good on Food Network. Yeah, if I'm like, hey, I need to sort some comics, I want to put something on in the background, and this is on Netflix or this is on TV. I don't even know if I'd choose it on Netflix, but I would definitely, if it was like on FX and I was like, I'm too lazy to change the remote. I would, yeah, I would pick it it up on Netflix if it was like, I loaded up Netflix and it was right there. Oh, it was like that first one? I just had that like itching. 
it was like on the like new releases or yeah the, like, trending i'd be like you know like, yeah i could see that but um yeah it's it's honestly like you know it, it is getting panned it is getting a lot of people talking bad about it i don't even think it was like i can't even say it was bad it just wasn't good yeah you know what i mean like yep, it that's was absolutely right it didn't do anything that made me cringe really it didn't do anything that made me like fundamentally angry realistically like the acting wasn't bad yeah the acting wasn't bad like nicholas holt and you know mcavoy and fassbender like they all had great acting moments yeah even sophie turner i thought did really well i thought she was a very bland Jean gray in apocalypse and in this one she had some like bland moments but like specifically when she went like full Phoenix, it was good stuff. Like she, she plays. That's like, true. She plays like a cold villain really well. She did much better um, in this one than Apocalypse. I hated her in Apocalypse. But I just like none of the characters really had any charisma. I didn't really laugh at this movie. Like there wasn't anything funny no. in this movie. <laughs> but it also wasn't like dark and edgy, like edge of my seat kind of like, you know, christopher nolan batman which still has jokes and funny moments that's but true. it's still like it wasn't like void of jokes because it was that it just like didn't have like any. i said they knocked out evan peters in 10 minutes so they had like no charisma because god love the people that they cast the direction that they took those characters and you know the director of this movie made those characters just very like bland straightforward serious characters there just wasn't a whole lot of like humor and levity and so it just kind of was if you took out all the like very cool action moments if you took out the very nice cinematography and you just looked at like the interpersonal connection and the character stories there's just not much there it would just be like a weird like <laughs> kind of like it happened movie yeah it's it's like the soda wafers of movies you know what i mean like it's like yeah i left this movie feeling similarly to how i left that one m night Shyamalan movie that that the happening or whatever Yeah, the happening yeah, yeah. i left the same way like I get that. that movie was nothing like yeah, it's it nothing kind of happened though yeah. shout out to evan peters because despite the fact that he was in the movie for like 20 minutes and he didn't get nearly enough screen time, his getting his ass handed to him scene was dope. Like, yeah, was I was cool. not expecting because he does this whole like run, 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 up, up, up thing on like a bunch of shrapnel about to like, I'm going to punch Jean Grey in the face. And he starts to do it. And she just like, no, I'm cognizant of you too. Bloop. And he just like trips on air and goes like stumbling like flying around and it was it was very startling you don't expect it and it was a cool use of that technique it was cool yeah, yeah it was it was yeah and that's the thing is they really had a handle on the powers they did you know what i mean granted there was one part that was really silly where like gene gray and magneto were fighting over a helicopter <laughs> and Battle. so you have yeah you literally have two people whose powers are just like holding their hands at their side and moving things. So there's nothing visually going on aside from this helicopter moving. Just like wiggling. And I get that you're supposed to focus on the helicopter, but I was not focused on the helicopter. I was focused on the two people standing there with their hands at their side. Hand battle. And it was funny because she was like moving the helicopter in to cut like the commander dude's head off, the like soldier. So he was also standing in that <laughs> sort of position. 
So it looked like a friggin' chorus line in the background of Hamlet. Just Jazz like, hands. Yeah, and like, <laughs> God love Michael Fassbender because I do not know how he made it through that scene where the director was like, okay, you're going to stand like this and strain as hard as you as can. As hard as you can. And I just like, being on set that day, I would not know how to like keep a straight face. No. With Michael Fassbender being like, with his hands at his side it was like it was just weird it was it was a weird choice it was a weird to have like nothing else going on like you could have had them like trying to throw shit at each other to stop the other one from like messing with the helicopter yeah that would have been cool because you'd have stuff like zipping by they'd be moving helicopter would still be moving they'd be moving a little bit more so they each have like one hand on it and they're like grabbing bikes and trash cans and shit and chucking them at each other that would have been interesting yeah it was just Um, a very bland or have her like i don't know you know have her realize that he's trying to like stop her from moving the helicopter and have her start like grabbing soldiers and he's got to grab metal things to stop her from grabbing the soldiers you know like complicated up a little bit more but it was like a 15 minute sequence of the two of them fighting over this helicopter just with their hands on their side like (laughs) yeah it was so weird and i get that you're trying to show how she's like comparable to magneto Magneto, because he's like like the dude but but like later on we watch magneto literally crush a freaking train car with just like a snap so like i don't know it was a weird yeah it was a weird choice um this also this is still debatable but to me i don't like the way they did this the scene in which jessica chastain is like embracing jean gray and like jacks some of the phoenix force i just want to i just want to articulate just for all those who don't know in the comics phoenix force is a sentient being you can't just steal a part of it. You're not going to take the Phoenix Force's, like, arm and be like, this is mine now. <laughs> That's not how this works. I mean, there was, to be fair, there was a point where it was divided up. Fragments of it went into five different people. Namor, Cyclops, Colossus, Emma Frost, and I think Magic, too. Uh, it's been a while since I've read a, uh, Avengers versus X-Men. But it did get divided up, so you can divide it. But I don't know if in the comics there was ever a point in time where somebody had the Phoenix Force and someone else, like, stole a portion of it. I mean, since that, we have learned that Odin literally boinked the Phoenix Force. So, (laughs) I don't know. Things are weird. Anyway, that's our take on X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, Let us know if you go out and see it what you think about it. Um, It's not necessarily a waste of a movie ticket. Like, don't be ashamed because, like I said, it is very cinematically visually stunning yeah um like it has some really good moments and some really handsome and gorgeous people so (laughs) um but overall i think it's a missable one i think i'm excited to see what happens with the x-men going forward now that they belong to marvel again um do i wish that the fox franchise had more of a like ceremonious end yeah but it just didn't it was not in the cards they had too much going on the disney seizure was gonna happen and then wasn't gonna happen and was gonna happen you know they they it wouldn't have been smart for them to risk making this feel super final and then like disney backs out and they're like whoa or disney buys them and is like hey you guys can keep making movies you know yeah at the time they were making this movie they didn't know um i imagine what the future held so i get it um but it was kind of a with a whimper not a bang kind of ending so 
Um, anyway, that's going to do it for us in this episode of Real Extra. If you want more Cover B, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at yes, Cover indeed. B Podcast. And you can listen to all of our previous episodes by visiting our webpage, CoverBPodcast.com. And we will see you, well, speak to you, talk to you, talk at you, talk to each other. We see you. I can see you right now. Please don't put us on another watch list. Please. I see what you're doing. He doesn't. He's lying. You shouldn't do that. Oh, crap. Next week, you guys. Bye.